Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome again to the huddle where we come at you every Tuesday to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. I say flooring career, but uh, frankly, we, we talk about any number of things and it's super applicable to uh, business in general. It just happens to be we're in a very difficult business called flooring. And uh, so there's a lot, lot to garner. Join in this week. We are talking, um, as usual, with Daniel and Jose of Preferred Flooring. Um, gentlemen, how's your week starting? How's it going? Uh, same bat channel. Same <laughs> <bat>. <laughs> busy, busy. In, in and out of the field for me the past couple of weeks. Um, but... We had uh, FCICA regional today, so I rushed back yeah. here so I can be on here, and he's probably still in the parking lot. Oh, really? I just made it to my destination. I backed the trailer in and turned my computer on. Nice. Well, thanks for joining me, and I should say all of us, and uh, always you guys are a staple, and I cannot tell you every week how much I appreciate you. Likewise. Uh, so that being said, this week's huddle is uh, it's more than just skill. And really what that what the uh, follow up to that is, we're talking more than just technical skill. Uh, this probably gets a little bit more into mindset and working um, to please a client and please your customer. And um, one of the reasons that Go Carrera decided to launch the Forward Progress Scholarship Fund for CIM is if you just review the CIM documents or if you have any CIMs that work for you, uh, SIM for short, um, you realize a lot of that's got to do with how you deal with customers and, and clients and, and, and making sure that you're setting yourself up to try to to uh, give your client the best experience possible. That's what we preach at my company is providing a superior experience, a good experience for the customer. And from an installer standpoint, you are in a, and I'm not just talking about an, or singling out installers, but I'm, this is applicable to companies as well. But uh, from an installer standpoint, you have, you have like a really tough job because you got more than just one client, right? You know, on a project, you're trying to satisfy the end user. You're also trying to satisfy your client's client, be it the GC or a property management company. And then you're trying to, you know, uh, please your uh, flooring company that you may be working for. Or if you're anywhere in there, a lot of times, you know, installers have multiple people they have to, um, or multiple entities they have to, you know, take care of and please. It, it's one of the things when I was installing uh, all the time that I was cognizant of, and I would always try to be as as cool as I could be to the owner uh, as a, you know, 25-year-old kid that didn't know nothing uh, <laughs> other than how to lay carpet. Uh I really started dipping my toes in how to be a professional. So one of the things um, that, you know, I feel is probably, well, let me put it this way. In in the Go Career Network, you're, you're given kudos for doing a good job and you're given kudos for professionalism, 
punctuality, dependability, attitude, and exceptional quality. Those are the items that you, those are the five metrics that you can actually earn kudos for doing, uh, going above and beyond. Those are the things that I found are most important for installers to display a high level of, uh, of um, ability in. If you can show up when you're supposed to, so that's punctuality, be there uh, when you say you're going to be there uh, on a given day. I know dependability and punctuality are similar, but they're not the same. So if I can depend on you is what requires is required for de dependability. You could be punctual, but also I can, you know, you may not be the type of person that can be depended upon. So dependability, professionalism. So being a, a true professional as an installer, um, uh, a good attitude. If you don't like this business, I would encourage you to teach somebody how to do what you're doing and then go do something else. <laughs> but please replace yourself before you leave. <laughs> uh, but look, we got to have, you're going to do this for eight, 10 hours a day. You might as well try to have the best attitude possible. And then an exceptional quality. So those soft skills, as we call them, is what I kind of wanted to uh, discuss with you guys today. Um, so how important is it or how much weight do you, uh, put on an installer for, um, you know, say dependability and punctuality. And I'm talking subs in particular, because an hourly, you, uh, if they're not there on time or what have you, there are some consequences, but what do you, what do you guys, uh, what, which ones actually, let me ask you this out of those, which ones would you, would you take? uh in highest regard well, I'll, I'll go ahead and start and um and and i'm just going to add to this uh you know because we we still ourselves right uh we, we still get work from other stores we still get work from other companies so i'm going to speak it from that aspect and um i think it was very important and i learned early on that uh creating that standard as a subcontractor working for another store is i was representing someone else um, and although my shirts might have said preferred flooring, uh, when I made a phone call to a client or a general or I presented myself, it was always Jose with so-and-so company. It was never Jose with preferred flooring, right? And I still do that to this day when I make a phone call. I say, hey, this is Jose with so-and-so. When I meet them face-to-face, -face, I am wearing preferred. And they say, hey, I thought you were with Banana. We are. We're representing uh, whatever this company, but you know, this is my company as well. Um, and we try to have the, the proper representation. Um, early on, I did learn that being able to communicate um, with whomever, end user, general, uh, the store we're doing work for was extremely huge in building and creating and maintaining relationships. So I, I, I wanna say that communication for me has been some of the most important items to have because I mean, that's very broad but extremely important it can cover up a lot of the other um maybe if you're not as punctual as as you'd like to be or maybe as you should be 
if you're a hell of a communicator, you can sure cover that up pretty well. Hey, man, I'm running 10 minutes late. And if you let them know 30 minutes beforehand that you're running 10 minutes late, no one gets mad at you. You been reading my notes? Was that my how-to notes? <laughs> well, you know how it goes. Uh, you got you got uh, the guys that show up late and they just show up. And then you got guys that will actually communicate. I'm running behind. And they'll let you know a half hour or an hour before you get there. Mm -hmm. So you're not waiting on them. So that's a good point. I don't have that in the metric. We probably should. And I, I wonder how that would be measured. But that's that's a good point because communication can cover up. And I mean, it, it's very, very needed, obviously. But yeah. uh, it can sure, you know, help you through some of the other shortfalls. What about you, Daniel? Got a... I think you got to know how to communicate because there's too many times where guys, you know, we that that sometimes, you know, that have worked with us in the past and they don't know how to turn on and off the professional thing. So there, there's a time and place for everything. So if you can't kind of turn that on and off and know your settings, then you're already kind of falling a little bit behind. So like. They're all, almost like a uh, a facade is what you mean? Like they're putting on a professional facade and they don't know when to turn it on and off? Well, they, they don't know how to put on that professional, you know, yeah. they, they, they they don't have that, that switch to where it's like, yeah, you can be yourself, right? But you still have to be professional about it. And it's just some guys, they just, the, the way they talk is the way they talk. And there is no no switching them off from that. You know what? I'll, I'll give an example on that because I know I know exactly what Daniel's talking about, and um, I'll, I'll refer to a job you know years ago where we had a quarantine in a very large grocery store, and the only thing separating us from the employees and the uh, customers was a sheet of plastic, right? No sound proof room or anything like that, and it goes back to the out of sight, out of mind thing, right? Like just because we couldn't see people doesn't mean that they couldn't hear us. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, I'm guilty of not always hearing my professional cap. You know, I like to joke around. I like to make jokes with staff. And and sometimes uh, sometimes you get that uh, unfriendly reminder that, hey, we can actually hear you guys or we can see you guys. And um, I've been guilty of that, uh, uh, of being on the unprofessional end uh, of that. And, uh, you know, all you can do is apologize you know, say, sorry, you know, and, and it's, it's hard because construction is, there are some pretty raw uh, individuals and individuality in, in construction when you're installing in the field versus uh, you have a lot of practice in the office setting or the professional setting uh, versus the hands-on setting, uh, where in the commercial world, sometimes you have a whole building to yourself, thousands of square feet. Sometimes you have, you know, 200 square feet and you're surrounded by by employees and staff and you you have to learn how to hit that switch and, and turn it on and keep it on for the duration of the day that project that week that month yeah well and i think we have to kind of recognize there's different types or levels of professionalism i mean ufc fighters the good ones are professionals but how you know look at the 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 industry they're in they're professional within that industry 
the same guy doesn't necessarily go who's considered a, a true professional and say MMA or UFC fighting <clears throat> fighting uh, may not do so good in a boardroom or something like I'm not at, I'm not even like when I give kudos for professionalism, it's usually not like the guy has got to be staunchy or, you know what I mean? Like uptight. I'm just talking, he knows how to communicate. And there's that word again, communicate to the end user in a way that is not disrespectful and is in, in engaging the end user uh, if they're talking to them or to the general contractor or dealing with the difficult superintendent or even dealing with the teammate and and showing them how they want something done as opposed to just barking at them like that to me is professional. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, you, you got to have your speech, you know, dialed in as if you're going to be standing on stage in front of 10,000 people or something. It's more like professional within our industry means I, I you can boil the down, boil it down to the kind of the core of that may be communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, go, it does go a long way. I've, you know, we sometimes get wrapped up being here loading up in the morning and then someone's expecting us at a certain time and it's a lot better to call them as soon as we leave here when they're 45 minutes away like hey i'm running 10 minutes late so they can be like all right you know that job's just five minutes away from me i'll just hold off a little bit and before i meet you there rather than have them go there and start and just wait on you it's it, it does go a long way i mean I'm, I'm i can't say that i've never done that like just don't even say nothing and then you're like five minutes out and they're like dude where are you at I've been here for like 20 minutes already yeah yeah that comes out to play really hard when you're dealing with the customer who believes if you're on time you're late and if you're early you're on time yeah <laughs> we've got a few of those clients that like well i want to be hitting the ground running it when when our meeting starts not just walking up to the building so those those guys I got to get there a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, I think it is uh, good communication is kind of the cornerstone to a lot of this. I think it would be hard for you to give somebody, um, you know, credit for being a professional if they didn't communicate well. Uh, so there it's a rock in that. Uh, same with attitude. If someone's not communicating with you well, it almost comes off as a bad attitude and they may not even have a bad attitude, but people who don't communicate in a effective manner at least doesn't mean you have to be mr outgoing but just an effective communication manner um you know i think that helps with that attitude as well right i mean it's kind of a cornerstone to a lot of these is uh this communication piece you know we in, a, in our industry and then when we go to a lot of these uh conventions and meetings there are quite a few introverts that do get up there and speak and they're really good communicators right but uh they they're they're introverts they they don't that's it's because that's what their profession is calling for is what the moment is calling for and then after they they go up and do a presentation they go back to being themselves and you can be yourself if you're an introvert extrovert and still communicate well um, like you said you don't have to be super outgoing you don't have to be the jokester you don't have to be super technical just be honest be yourself and communicate your point uh communicate the information 
Yeah. So, you know, overall, I, I just think that you can have, we all know the, the installer that's got like crazy good skills and a crazy bad attitude. I know a couple <laughs> and that's what I'm kind of, you know, covertly addressing here is the guys that got all these great skills, but they're lacking the soft skills of the communication, the, um, and again, communication can bridge a lot of other problems. If you're just good at communicating, uh, you know, any, in any given scenario. Um, but it's, it's missing those soft skills where you really care about doing what you say you're going to do. And we all struggle with that a bit. I mean, I know I do. I say everybody, but I, I should just take that on my own shoulders. I was trying to get some company on that, but, uh, I struggle myself with doing what I say. I'm going to, if I say I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, um, when I say I have to be cognizant is why I say I struggle. I have to be cognizant of actually getting that on a calendar and getting that scheduled so that I can make sure to execute upon it. Uh, I've had to put systems in place that help me to remember to do those things. Cause a lot of times you'll be having a conversation with someone and you say, Oh yeah, man, I'll take care of you on that. If you forget it, you may have had the best intentions, but if you forget to do it, then so there's a little more than just doing what you say, which is being dependable or being, you know, punctual. It's also about having some time management skills, I think, to make sure that you don't forget these things or forget to do what you say you're going to do. Because frankly, I know I know guys that 90, they, they have really good intentions when they say something and then they forget it. Yeah. Uh, like I tell everybody, um, I'm an 80% guy, right? I can, there's some things that I'll get to hundred percent, but usually I get to about 80% and then uh, you know, my superpower uh, of ADHD kicks in and then you get bored and you kind of get sidetracked and then other items kind of uh, take over that. And it's a matter, like you said, it's a matter of controlling it. You know, I carry around these notebooks all the time because it is a little bit of a reminder um, to review the, the dates and everything. Um, yeah, there. kudos to your notebook, by the way. I make notes for, it's for me. It's not for anybody else, right? It's for me. Um, I did try doing it on my phone for a while using the, the, the programs on the phone, but um, handwriting it and, and going through those helped me out a ton. Do I get everything done? Heck no, man, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I take on a little bit too much, but um, it, like you said, it's just a matter of exercising that muscle, right? Getting used to following something to completion is some people have it naturally. Some people got to work on it. Well, I'm the guy that's got to work on it Me too. <laughs> just because I, I want to do, you know, I want to be able to um, make people feel that I, I care about them when I'm dealing with the particularly clients and things. Um, but most of that's follow through on my commitments. And so I've got various ways. I, I use a calendar like Google Calendar. If it's on there, I'm in good shape. If it's not, there's a good chance it's not going to happen. Yeah. Just my to-do list doesn't work. It's got to be like scheduled appointment. Right. And and I've I've noticed that like in the office, it's a lot easier to get off track and not 
hit the what you say you're going to do unless you have something scheduled. But in the field, it was a lot easier because, you know, talking to a GC or, you know, whoever's on site and saying, this is where we're going to be at the end of the day. And then we're essentially working until we hit that point and not leaving until we do. Or, you know, this is where we're going to be at the end of the week and then split it up. You know, that way, you know, what you're doing each day is a lot easier than come in here and being like, it just gets so overwhelming with everything that's going on. And then it it's so much easier to get distracted by the little things when you're in the office than when you're in the field, because you already know, like over here, you can be like, yeah, I'll just do that for a minute. And then like an hour goes by, be like, oh man, what was I supposed to do again? But when mm-hmm. you're in the field, it's like, you can see exactly where your starting and end point is. And you know exactly, all right, I got to be over there and I want to leave in 45 minutes. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, in the field, you get lost a bit in your work too. I mean, like it's, I focus so much better on the installation I'm doing. I'm not checking my phone. I'll go hours and hours and hours and hours without ever even looking at a phone when I'm installing. When I sit at my desk and I'm working on stuff and get an email and then a text message and then this and then that and the other, you got all these distractions you would think it'd be the, you know, the opposite being in a controlled environment that we created. I mean, it's my office. I created the environment and it's full of distractions, you know, um, whether it's employees coming in, hey, got a second or an email comes across, like I said, or a Slack message or whatever. Uh, I've turned most of my notifications off, but I get what you're saying, Daniel. It's like you got all these little things. That's where I find it hard to really focus. Um, you know, in the field, the like you said, it's a little easier from this on this perspective on this piece, I should say, it's a little easier. I think it's part of when when I'm talking about punctuality and dependability, professionalism out there, it's just if you say you're gonna be somewhere on a Saturday at noon to meet a bank to open up the door and do the job you gotta be there on saturday at noon that's what you said you would do uh it's those kinds of things where you really damage your reputation if you let people down too many times and you damage your frankly you damage your reputation with yourself when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it you're you're losing credit with your own self um, I know that sounds a little odd, but one of my mentors uh, said that's probably the most important promise you can keep is the, are those promises to yourself. It bleeds over into uh, how you treat other people is how you treat yourself. So it's yeah, a little mindset up there. I but. have, I have a, a question too, like, um, and, and this is broad and this could incorporate more people is how much of these distractions and how much other items are are the cause of of a lower grade of communication, right? Like like how much outside stress or how much stress um, causes us to not communicate well? Like, what is it? Like, how can we mitigate that? How can we find other things to help our environment, whether it's in the field or in the office, at home, so that way it doesn't affect our ability to communicate and be at the top of our game? Like. Uh, I'm always open to ideas like that because every day is different for everyone. 
um, for myself included. I think fear is probably the number one killer of communication. Just fear of saying something, fear of being ridiculed for a question or you as a as a boss, I try to make it a make it easy for people to come to me to ask questions and to do so i don't want them to feel like i think they're stupid which i don't they're 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 all very intelligent people but it's how you answer a question or deal with someone can make them feel that way so my my point being to this is fear uh fear of of especially the introvert people you spoke of earlier, Jose, I think yeah. fear is one of those things that just make people clam up and shut down. I'm an, I'm an introvert by nature. Um, that's, that's the 100% truth. Um, I don't have a problem talking to people. I don't have a problem, you know, communicating with people, but as an introvert, that really means, you know, when you're in a crowd of people, whether it's at a convention or whatever, are you energized by that? And when you leave it, are you energized by all that interaction with other people or are you depleted? Are you tired? And I could be talking to four or five people in a group for an hour. And when I'm done with it, you know, I'm pretty much exhausted. It's like, it takes a lot of effort for me to communicate and be uh, outgoing uh, as an introvert. Um, that's just something I've, I've learned about myself self over the years and I've learned to deal with. Because uh, I was really pretty shy and quiet um, in my earlier adult life as well. Um, so the communication piece, you just got to be okay with um, getting feedback. I think that feedback and 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 uh, maybe the consequence of whatever that communication is. That's why you don't call the person, right? That's why you don't. That's why some people don't call you to tell you they're running late because they don't want to hear you say again. Or, dude, I got to leave in 10 minutes. You got to get here now. You know, whatever the, the response is. They're just like, I'll get there and then deal with it. I guess that, that's an easier way out is to, what's that, that saying? Uh, easier to ask for forgiveness than permission? Yeah. Yeah. That's true sometimes. Some, sometimes. Some people live and die by that. It's, it's kind, of, kind of hard. But, you know, the insight you just gave me, it's fairly accurate to the mannerism um, that we've experienced over the years from from people, and and some would say that I'm outgoing, and as an outgoing person, it, it's not that I want to go in the middle of a crowd and talk and say, "Hey, just want to like be the voice," right? Like that's not me. I, I'll I'll interact with everyone, but if everyone's being quiet, I'll still be. I'll sit in the corner. I'll be quiet too. But um, I guess that I, my energy is fueled by the. <laughs> He will not just sit there and be quiet. He... <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a lot to say about everything, but I do like to interject. I like to bring humor to everything, and I, I like to laugh and I like to have fun because because I truly enjoy what I do, no matter what I'm doing. And well, being I'm... around you enough, I can tell you, you you um you enjoy communication. You enjoy uh, conversation with people. Those are those are all. Um, you know, I think you're a great communicator, but how you get someone who is, um, maybe not so natural at it. I don't know if you're natural or if you've just built up the, uh, muscle 
uh, fair communication, but, you know, someone who is, is truly just a shy person and has some fear of talking to people. Yeah. I'm no psychologist. I don't know how to solve that. All I can tell you is the value of communication truly outweighs the any of the consequences in 99% of cases. So it's just better to be, you know, good communicative. And I feel like I've, we maybe have swayed here, but really what the whole huddle was intended to be is like these soft skills and communication yeah. is that is one of those. You can have great hand skills and still not get the pay you deserve for those hand skills, not get the opportunities you deserve. I know I will tell you a story, quick story of a, I lost a client for a while. <clears throat> Come to find out one of my PMs was just super difficult. Uh, and I, I mean, we bent over backwards for the most part for this client, but I go talk to him and uh, I asked the CEO to lunch and this has been several years ago, but I was like, Hey man, you know, we used to do all your work. Now I maybe see a project every a year from you. What what is going on? And he's like, you guys don't communicate. It's hard to get a, a hold of your guy. And at the end of the day, it's just not pleasant. I said, no, no quality problems. None of that. He's like, no, we've never had a problem with your quality. I was like, I was really set aside because I always thought like that was the most important thing. And I still believe it is, but man, isn't communication and professionalism kind of squeezing up there. If you can lose a client because they didn't enjoy working with you, someone else made it easier to work with them. And maybe that, that other company doesn't even do the same level of quality as we do, but they'd rather be there than deal with someone who's high quality, but difficult to deal with. So, you know, those the soft skills and the soft skills are a true thing. You will, you can win and lose work depending upon your level of uh, ability in that arena. So I, I, I do that's like my that two cents. View. I do like that view and, and, and I might, might never have viewed it like that either, right? Because you, you kind of rely on your your hard skills, your your hands-on ability to help sustain some of your clients. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I guess uh, and the same thing for me. I never really looked at it like that. If if I'm not communicating, if I'm not communicating well with someone else, they have every right to not like that and go elsewhere. Um, easier communication. If you're you, peace if of you're mind. Making, if you're making their life hell, or if it's just not pleasant to deal with you. The clients who realize, like, I got to do this stuff for eight hours and 10 hours a day, like I said earlier, you should enjoy it. Well, those clients that realize that, they're like, you're no fun to work with, man. You're hard. If you're if you're difficult to work with, but have the best skill, you're still not recognizing your potential. I think that was really what I wanted to, like, make sure yeah. is clear. You can be wonderful from a technical install perspective. But if you're difficult to deal with and not pleasant and, uh, you know, don't do what you say, all those things, 
you're not realizing the potential that you have to to in earning money in in earning um respect and in influence in your influence in the industry you can kind of flip that right because in in the groups there's a lot of talk about customers that are horrible to deal with and how they hate doing that but then you you kind of got to look at that you know with yourself too because sometimes the cust like you said the customers don't want to deal with you because you're difficult to deal with it's not it, it goes both ways. It's not just always the customer. We've had, you know, calls here at the office to where, you know, I'll answer and they'll be like, you're like the sixth person I've called and the only one that has answered the phone. Yeah, that's a big thing these days, especially at the office. But yeah, you know, what's interesting, you bring up the Facebook groups on that is never do I see in those groups like guys I'm having problems connecting with my customers I've had you know I constantly have bad customers or I have customers that are difficult to deal with maybe it's me what are some tips what are some tricks if if it's always happening to you guys there's a common denominator there called you uh, not every customer is hard to deal with. There's certainly difficult ones. I mean, I got some that are hard to deal with and I just got to barrel through it. I also have great ones. Uh, if all I experienced was bad um, customer interactions, it's pro- I probably need to look at myself and that introspective uh, attitude could go a long way. So that's a good point, Daniel. <laughs> and I, I also wonder like um, these soft skills, I wonder at... Uh... Is there a way to gauge it? Like at what level are you expected to have this certain set of soft skills, right? From entry level all the way to management. Um, like is, is there is there any way to, to, to template expectations? I don't know about expectations. Um, I could say that I think it's like walking for a toddler or for an infant. You You start learning as early as possible. And you only get better as you practice. So start having- like if you're brand new in this industry, focus on your communication, focus on some of the you know professionalism, focus on your ability to um to um you know influence people, focus on what you can control, mm-hmm. uh, and then keep keep getting better, just like an infant walking. It's going to take, you know, they, they just get started. They don't know what the hell they're doing, but they don't you just keep going and keep going. And as you go, uh, your communication is going to, you're going to hone that skill. Yeah. On Facebook, Eduardo actually said that uh, a while ago, you know, I think it was when you were talking about uh, like getting up in front of people and, and talking and stuff. Right. But it, it all goes together. It's the, the more you do it, the more practice you get at it the better you're going to be. So if you, you have to start somewhere. So just start, you know, baby steps, start with the customers and then work up to getting in front of that crowd. And, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. It's not for me. I I, I realize that I still do it, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, and communication, you know, it's got different levels. I mean, you don't have to be a public speaker to be a good communicator and uh, the other soft skills that I think that are, you know, so important in this industry, like I said, dependability and punctuality are two of my biggest. That's 
that's not, you know, what it takes is just communicating on a consistent manner, uh, getting used to what are those triggers when you do need to make a phone call um, and then just not being scared to make the phone call. You don't need to be an extrovert to communicate. Like I said, you know, yeah. and you don't even need to be a, some extrovert to be outgoing. Um, introverts can talk and and do plenty of stuff and 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 public speak as well. But these other skills, they don't, they, I call them soft skills, but it's not a skill to honor what you say. I'm going to be there Tuesday at 7 a.m., to be there at Tuesday at 7 a.m. And then use your communication if you're not going to make it to buffer your time. But that's what I, I'm glad you brought it up, uh, Jose, because, you know, communication, which we don't have as a metric in the kudo system, but it's a good it's a good way to get yourself out of. Um, it's a good way to get yourself a lot of opportunity and keep yourself out of a lot of trouble if you're a good communicator. And it holds you hold yourself accountable too if you're able to make those phone calls and and say hey I'm running behind and like the beginning of uh, the meeting today it happens to me a lot either I'm ten minutes late or I have a client that's ten minutes late or a conversation during a meeting lasts a little bit longer but I still have three other places to go and now I'm fifteen minutes behind uh, put me in a worse spot for traffic and. I do have to call those people or um, maybe in the middle of the meeting of the sit down, I'll shoot out a text message because there's a lot of communication through here now too. Like, hey, just to give you a heads up, we're running a little bit longer than expected. I am going to be, if I know I'm going to be at least 10 minutes late, I'm going to put 15 or 20 minutes on there to give me a little bit of time. Because now, <laughs> maybe the wrong mindset, but now if I'm, earlier than the 15 minutes that I said I was going to be late. If I show up at seven minutes later than original time, no, hey, I'm early now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, well, I have... and remember, this is this is uh, progress, not perfection. There, I, I'm certainly not sitting here in front of anybody saying I'm the best communicator in the world that, you know, never runs late or I'm I I stack my schedule pretty hard. Uh, I just try to text or communicate and, uh, you know, specifically if I'm dealing with clients, I mean, you got to show them the respect. So, yeah, it's kind of the catalyst. Um, nice conversation around communication. It's kind of the catalyst and the the protector of the other soft skills kind of in my in my view after this conversation. Do you guys got any any um, recommendations on any books or or um any audiobooks that would help someone uh, have more insight on becoming better at these soft skills and communicating? Um, you know, the, the only book that comes straight to mind is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, that's a really good book. Seven Habits. I'm going to actually write that down. So. I think it's Stephen Covey, if I remember right. Yeah. I really like listening to audiobooks, man. I, I don't know how or why I seem to be the only time that I can fit something in when I'm zoning out. I, well, I mean, I, you probably, yeah, as much as you're in your truck driving around, if you're listening to audiobooks, you probably have a master's degree in whatever you're listening to. <laughs> I'm all over the board. <laughs> the equivalent of, the board. of a master's degree. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could have 
half a master's in how to run a softball league and then half a master's yeah. in running a flooring company, <laughs> half a master's in raising children, cooking barbecue, you know, I don't know. Anybody, perfect short anybody, ramps. Anybody, anybody said they have raising children, they're lying. <laughs> no doubt. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, for coming on this week. I know it's a little bit shorter, not much, but um, it's interesting how some of our conversations, which way they go. I actually learned more than, than uh, you know, I was anticipating just kind of throwing out there these soft skills and having a discussion. But, you know, I don't even have communication on that list. And it's it's pretty clear. It's like the catalyst to everything. So right into it. Yeah. What, what a way that, that these things kind of, you know, what you learn, I, I, you know, you can be the moderator or the, the, the head guy at anything and sit there and learn if you just want to, if you just have open ears. So, uh, learned something today. So I want to thank you two for joining me and, and, uh, having good conversation. Uh, we'll see you next week and, uh, you guys have a great week. Hey, thank you. Too. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. All right. Bye.